Welcome to the SNC podcast. My name is Paula Shade Anozier. I am joined today by one of Nigeria's talented and versatile music producers, DJ Texilla. I first got introduced to Texilla back in early 2010 when I used to blog for one of Nigeria's premier hip-hop websites, NigerianHipHop.net, which has actually transitioned to NigerianSounds.com. So I definitely have to give a big, big shout out to Fazilian for giving me an opportunity Big Faz, I am forever grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So back to tech. Techzilla is not only a producer, he is a DJ, writer, blogger, sound engineer, and martial artist. In addition, being the renaissance man that he is, he is a rapper and for those who do not know, is a founding member of Nigerian hip-hop group Straight Butter. Not straight butter, straight butter. Gotta be all extra with the butter. But uh, I'm excited to have him on the pod with me today. It's only right that I start off congratulating you on winning the Axe Find Your Magic DJ search competition and winning the trip yeah. to Ibiza. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank so you. I take it that your phone and social media platforms have been blowing up with tons of congratulatory messages. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I'm actually trying to respond to a lot of messages right now. But hey, us I mean, I didn't really plan for this, you get me. So I, wanted to, I just have to go. Okay, cuz I wanted to find out what made you enter the competition in the first place. Uh, I have no idea. I just like I saw it on my timeline like early last month or something. But for some reason, I totally forgot about it until last minute, like 20, because I did the mix on the 29th of July, and I had like three shows. It was the period I had like, um, I was DJing at the Battle of the Year, Red, Red Bull, BC1. Uh, I think that was the first time they came to Nigeria. Like, I was one of the DJs, and so I was pretty busy at that time. And so I just got back home, because I saw it in the morning, I was like, okay, I have like two days to do this, and so make the submission. I was like, yo, when I get back from the show and everything, I'll just cook up something. I go back like 2 a.m. or something. And, you know, I just, you know, put two things, two or three things together. And, yeah, that's how it worked. But I think the for me, the, the way I see, I don't think I'm, I'm not the greatest DJ out there, you know, I know. But I think I have more insight on house music. That's what gave me that edge. Because, I mean, I've been playing house for a minute now. I like when I was in Canada and stuff and you know like montreal is like the house capital electronic yeah electronic capital of canada pretty much so i had exposure over there what made you say you want it because a lot of times i feel like sometimes you see producers may not want to expand their genre of music production in a way they tend to like stick to one genre so what made you say okay i'm going to also explore house as a sound that i would like to get into mm. I, I can't really point a finger at when or what i mean i grew up listening to different genres a lot of people get get um, tend to get it twisted that um they always when anytime they hear text they always think hip-hop because, uh, yeah, pretty much that's my main, you know, genre of music. But I grew up listening. I started listening to hip-hop pretty, somewhat late, you know, in life. I grew up listening to, you know, um, R&B, rock, alternative, that sort of stuff, R&B, um, soul. Yeah, mostly soul. And um, techno, I really can't say when, but, like, I've been listening to techno unconsciously for years anyway. But... I, I must say, it was when I got to Canada, when I got to Montreal, when I stayed in Montreal, that was when I really, 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 really got into the house music scene. On the most, um, thanks to SoundCloud, yeah, because I was always on SoundCloud, just going through. I, I joined like a forum, a community of producers, producers from different genres. And we always used to share sounds. That's when I really, really got into the house stuff and working with the uh, other DJs around Montreal area that that really really made me get into the genre and you know and I tried producing house music for a while I don't really produce house music per se I can do a remix here and there but no don't really produce it but I, yeah yeah but I DJ house I DJ mm -hmm. I do a lot of mixes house music 
and stuff. So I really can't say when, yeah. but I mean, so I can't say uh, what period, but it was pretty much when I got to Canada that I really got into house consciously. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. We'll definitely get to your tra- transition to Canada. <laughs> I remember seeing Daryle, DJ Sose, and I think DJ yeah. Big and call. Yeah. So can you talk about what you were doing when you received the call well, that you won? I was actually at the studio. I was in Night Out Studio. I okay. was working on some beats and I, I was trying to record flow because my artist flow she had to record a verse for nsc uh, there's a song the nsc people trying to do so that was what i was doing i just finished recording her she left and i was making a beat and you know electricity went off so we're trying to get fuel to turn on the gen so i was just waiting we're just talking then the call came in then lady said uh i'm from unilever blah, blah. i was like uh what's <laughs> I actually thought someone got me a gig, like someone linked me up with Unilever to ask me to DJ because mm-hmm. I've done some corporate, I DJ for some corporate, um, like some establishments. So I thought maybe, oh, wow, a new gig. I was happy. Like, yeah, sure. Then she said, I'm going to put you on speaker. There's some people here. I'm like, why are you putting me on speaker? <laughs> <laughs> then she put, she put me on speaker and um, DJ began an exclusive started talking yo you won blah 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 x uh, i was like <laughs> okay because to be honest i wasn't expecting the old thing i totally forgot about the competition and i had no idea they were actually doing a live stream mm. of the old selection process and yeah, everything i had yeah. no clue like i was oblivious to everything so when they called me, i was like when they said yeah congratulations and they were even clapping yeah blah 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 yeah. i was like yeah, thank you, thank you. They were like, you don't seem excited. I'm like, I'm excited and confused <laughs> yeah. at the same time. But, you know, yeah. but I mean, it is what it is. I'm pretty calm. That's people that know me. Like, um, I'm pretty calm. Yeah. I just, I'm chill. But, yeah, that's how, that's how it happened. Okay, before I go on, so I wanted to just ask you also about, you know, the whole DJ. Apparently, apparently you're going to be working, you're going to be, I guess, working with um Black Coffee or something along those lines or going there with. with yeah, him. yeah, I'll be playing on the, on the same stage with, with black, black coffee. coffee okay that's super super awesome um yeah i was gonna say that i feel like i hate people you know why i hate people like you like sometimes you don't feel you don't, you don't seem to like invest any <laughs> effort you just be like i don't care i'm just like really though and then the universe nah. works in your favor that's the funny part like I, I don't know if you follow me on facebook i actually said something the day i made my submission i said i don't like taking part in competitions because i never win I never win. This is the only competition I've ever won in my life. The closest I ever got to winning was um, I did like an Alicia Keys remix, yeah, like two thousand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even the last thing, if you check um, our DMs on Twitter, that was one of the last things I so sent, sent to you yes, before. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I was like the top three. Then that was like the closest. And ever since I did, I did some other competitions here and there. I did like another like a residency competition for residency in Ibiza. That was 2014. Yeah, I did that. I didn't, I didn't, they didn't pick me. So I've done a lot. I've applied for Red Bull for like, um, like, like four times and they never picked me. So I've failed more than. You succeeded, yeah. But you know, it's fine. This is this is the beginning of like more greater things for you. You know, just all we need is just that one door. And but again, I still roll. I still roll my eyes to like people like like, (laughs) I'm like whatever. (laughs) So um, that that that's that's pretty awesome. So um, just gonna go into your background a little bit because a lot of people in the industry and like your friends know you as you know by your nicknames as Project Cancer. Mr. Stace, Mr. Stace Shop, you wow, have man. Donny Skills, you have wow. the Tech Man. Wow. But, but your passport name is clearly Tayo Odutayo. Odutala, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. So, um, can you talk about your experience? Because I know that you didn't grow up solely in Nigeria. You've also, like you said, mentioned that you grew up, you spent time in Canada, and you also spent time in London as well. Yeah. Can pretty, you talk about yeah. what your um, your childhood was like in Nigeria? Do you, what, are you the first child? Are you the only child? What secondary school nope. did you go? Oh, okay. Talk, nope. about, talk about that. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, I have an older sister, an older brother. I was actually the last child until my younger brother came along and stole my shine, shine. forever yeah, yeah. growing up was fun though um i really had cool parents 
a lot of music around the house, a lot of traveling. Yeah, because like childhood, I remember like Nigeria, UK, Nigeria, UK. Yeah, a lot of music, a lot of um, cartoons, a lot of comics, a lot of toys, a lot of um, good stuff, I guess. A lot of bad, yeah, bad stuff too, but like mostly good. I tried to like just focus on the positive. But that, um, I grew up listening to a lot of music. Mm. That's the main thing though. So that really, really influenced me. And I, I was always tapping into my, the experiences of my older siblings. Because, you know, like anything they listen to, I listen to yeah. by, by extension. And I remember like the first, I think the first rap music video I saw was LL Cool J. He had the song Bad. I remember because we had that on tape. We had the LL Cool J. We had the Run DMC. Mm. Um, my mom used to <laughs> rap the Run DMC. Mom's pretty she, much. Mom's it. Call it gangster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She knows stuff. She knows Snoop. She knows Eminem. Sometimes, when, like, even when we talk, she's like, ah, you see what this guy did? Yeah, you see, you saw Snoop when he shot, um, when did the make ass- uh, mock assassination of um, Trump? I mean, wow. she spoke to me about Yeah, she knows. She's pretty... You know, she, she's, um, how do I call it? She keeps up with pop culture. That's, that is, seriously, like, yeah. I think I should be interviewing your mom as well, because that's like, it'll just be, it'll just be yeah, cool, it would just, it'll just be cool to get your, I guess, your parents' perspective, because a lot of times you hear people who are in the creative industry, and they talk about, you know, how their parents were not supportive of their careers and their passions, mm-hmm. you know, until they became successful. So I, I always wonder, like, what it is for a parent who, you know, like Timberland, for example, talks about how his mom was always supportive of his career, you know, she wanted mm-hmm. him to go to school, you know, but anyway, yeah. my point is that it would just be great to, like, you know, get your mom's perspective to, you know, see how she's like, yeah, go do music, you know, compared to the average Nigerian <laughs> parent who's like you have to become a doctor you know <laughs> you know you know the funny thing the truth is um i, I don't even know like I, i'm pretty sure they it's in a way they really they want me to get like a steady job mm. and all that but still they're really supportive at least i i was able to get my degree and like i could yeah if i want to go back to school i can yeah. go back i have two degrees i have a diploma in sound engineering so like i really pushed myself you know I tried to always learn something new. I did a course in um, programming, Python coding. That was like early this year. So every time I always try to push myself, trying to take the next, um, try to challenge myself in every way possible, I guess. It's it's all about you pushing yourself, I think, as what people should know. Like you said, the average Nigerian parent, they always want one type of, you know. Professional. Uh, yeah, pretty much. They want you to do this, don't do anything, be like your mates. But I mean, I can't be like my mates because they are different. Mm. That's just the truth of the matter. Like, I know some of my mates that they have 95, they're still miserable. Mm. I know some that don't have 95, I'm still miserable. Yeah. But um, I just want to be happy. If possible, make money <laughs> being happy. <laughs> you know, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a plus. I just don't want to be... I don't want to regret. I don't want to have regrets after all this, you know, like what could have been. I'll always give a shout out to my brother because he told me that was before because we were living in the UK. Then we moved to Nigeria. Well, my no, moved to Canada. Okay. My parents to left Nigeria and went to the went to Canada and we okay. kids went to the UK. Um. So, um, I was going back to Nigeria for a bit. Then my brother told me, like, yo, like, so what are you going to do when you move to Canada? Like, why don't you just, I mean, you like music, you like sound engineering. Why don't you just do a course, you know, take a course in sound engineering and stuff. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I was like, yeah, like, dude, come on, like, just do this. So that that was like the stepping stone. That was like what really threw me into the scene. Because when I was in Canada, I was really in I got into the industry. I was working with professionals. I worked for um, Pop Montreal. It's like this annual festival. Mm-hmm. I Stuff for clubs, you know. I used to do live sound. I never did like live live sound, you know, like live sound engineering for concerts and um, live performance. That wasn't really my thing, but that was the only type of job I could get at the point. And that really opened the doors. That was yeah. where, that's what actually led me to DJing. Mm. that's just the funny part when I used to do the live sound the DJ um, DJ Ness a female DJ and she was very good she kind of like taught me you know like basic principles of how to DJ and everything so that's where I really took it okay. took the skill from and she had to go to Australia for a bit 
and they couldn't get a replacement, so they just throw me in. <laughs> and voila. Yeah, um, and now I'm going to Ibiza. You, you, you know, thank you, <laughs> thank you for rubbing it in, to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, to, I, I just trying to make the short story shorter. No, 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 I know, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just teasing you. I was thinking yeah, about, I, guess, I was, I was chatting with Nee, and he's like, oh yeah, Tech is going to Ibiza. I was like, yeah, roll I, <laughs> or I roll right. <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, quickly, back to your musical career, which apparently um, was in the mid-2000s. I read yeah. that you started selling mixtapes, then you became an MC, then you became a beat maker, then a producer, and then you, like you said, decided to get a diploma in sound engineering. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I used to make mixtapes back in second, when I was in secondary school. Um, I was just for fun, because at the time, I just really, really discovered hip-hop then. Uh, I remember, like, the first mixtape I did for myself was actually in 95, 96. That was from, I just got a tape. Like, the first time I used my money to buy a cassette tape and make a mixtape from CDs, mm. you know, I still recall that tape. I still, like, I actually, I remember most of the songs I did <laughs> then. Yeah, because I had this, I had the Method Man, this Shaquille O'Neal Add Outcast, Eight Aliens, then uh, what other one? Ill Al Scratch, some other. Yeah, I do remember that mixtape. So that was like the stepping stone. Because once you start, once you make that first mixtape, it's like getting that first high. Then I, I don't know, I don't really, I really don't know what made me start rapping though. <laughs> I just took the pen and I used to scribble stuff down. My first um, recording, I like a mic. I don't know. My dad brought a mic back home I just left it and everyone there was no one at home I just took it plug it into stereo and I had this instrumental I got off radio and just recorded myself that was I think yeah that was the first recording I made I just like did it and I just took it from there started rapping uh I think the production aspect came much much later when a friend of mine gave me FL I think like most other producers tend to get FL Studio, you know. But funny though, like most people here they got like fully three or two. I, I had like fully one point something. Wow. That was like the very, very early version mm-hmm. of so that's where I started. My first set of beats are totally whack. Like everything was whack. <laughs> like whack. <laughs> I, I ne I never I never stopped. I just kept, you know, getting so, better. Getting better. Eventually uh, I, the reason why I even started producing was we couldn't get producers in Nigeria to make the type of beats we wanted. Yeah. So we had to do everything ourselves. That's why, like, mostly, like, Straight Butter, we are, like, four producers. Yeah. yeah. So let, let, let's move on to Straight Butter since you touched on that. So can you talk yes, about sir. how, just a quick, brief overview of how you came together and said we're going to form Straight Butter. I mean, Straight Butter, because apparently it's not Butter, it's Straight Butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight butter, straight butter. Anyway, I met Mr. Ray when I was in. Well, I started university in 211 because I did a level Cambridge, so I just moved on. What so you, I was like, what, what uni did you go to? Sorry, what uni uh, did you go to? University of Unilag, University okay, of cool. Lagos. Right. So I was like the new guy, pretty much. Mm. And a friend of mine introduced me to Mr. Ray because they were they went to the same secondary school. And it was like, yo, and we went to the same um, A-level school. Yeah, the mutual friend, because we're in the same club. Me and Mr. Wayne and chemistry together. And he was like, oh, this is my guy. Me. We just started talking, you know, started writing raps together and stuff. Mr. Ray and Professor Dexavier went to the same secondary school as well. You know, so that kind of like linked up. And we actually formed a four-man group before Straight Butter. So which was called, which was, Yeah, which was called The Constellation with a fourth member. was named Jaye. But we recorded the demo, you know, it didn't really, we tried pushing here and there, but things didn't really go well. So we kind of like broke off. And um, uh, Mr. Ray and I, we wanted to do like a compilation of um, featuring different rappers we knew in Unilag. And we're going to call the compilation Straight Butter. It's like a Straight Butter mixtape for all the MCs. but, But a lot of them were pretty much in a different space and we couldn't get everyone together. So me, Mr. Ray, Deck, just came to, um, we just decided to do our own thing, you know. And the first thing we actually worked on was Professor Dexavier's first project called By Word of Mouth, mm. which was produced by me, mm. Deck, and Mr. Ray. And R-Cube, R-Cube was like, kind of like our manager-ish, yeah. you know, from time that it comes around. Because he liked what he heard and everything. I came, yeah, and that's Rosemary Shady, right? 
Yeah, that was what Nusha did, Shout the video tournament. director. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he came into the picture. We met XY. XYZ was in June Lag, of course, but we didn't really know him. But we met him through, there was this uh, movement that was gaining ground in Nigeria then called um, Game, G-A-M-E. Okay. I think it's grassroots. I can't remember. Sorry, I can't remember the rest. But it's, it's actually from the from New York, though. There's a chapter in Lagos. I, I think in other different African countries as well. But just to cut the story short, I met XYZ. He was passing out flyers, inviting people for the show. And we just met. I was like, ah, what's up? What's up? Like, okay. And we kind of like linked up and we were like, yo, yeah, he could join the crew. And he came in. We were five then. Then Enigma was the last member mm-hmm. to join yeah. yeah so that's how we all about this slow no get part two part two monkey see monkey you that's you that's you one day you go jam what i do what i do straight butter be the illest rap too this slow no get part two part two monkey see monkey you that's you that's you one day you go jam what i do what i do straight butter be the illest rap too if you are what you say you are a superstar then we ain't got nothing on you like Bruno Mars the money the fame and expensive cars see we free in prison miles when we kick those bars cause monkey see monkey do same difference follow the crowd but you got no dividends it's like a big fashion show lights camera action go no flare no Passion flow, huh. no, not this the game. Taking shots of fame, put paper to pen, pen to paper. Futuristic lines, the laces, definitely most valuable players. Ill rhyme sayers, rocking with the microphone players. Yes, sir. On the real, we'll be keeping it still, and that's the deal. Cause everybody gum bananas, going against the grain, we bring capital drama. We need that mad green, fill our pockets with gamma. You lagging behind, cause you can't catch up like karma. You want nice with the flow. Boss, carefully written, have to record it like rugged when I be spitting. Taking them seats back to kindergarten, and we keep shutting them down, yo, like Windows 7. It's clinical. It's really great that you gave us that overview of um, Straight Butter, because for people who are huge hip-hop heads in Nigeria, Straight Butter was influential in their love for hip-hop because they thought that it gave Nigerian rap a very fresh, authentic sound. To be honest, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm proud, but then again, you need to know that we were just doing us. First and foremost, because most, I think now everyone has that mind frame, like, yo, when I'm doing, I just want to make it hit. Uh, a lot of things right now are not so organic, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Like, everyone wants to plan it meticulously, as opposed to letting things flow. Oh, naturally. So you get, like, let it just flow. Just do you. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you need to accept your truth in order for things to really work out. Uh, that's what I always tell people. Stay the course. You know what you can do. You know what you can't do. I mean, I you think know? you're you perfectly you summed it up because every even rap artists, every most a lot of times rap artists, pop artists, not even Nigeria, just even the world, yeah, everything is everywhere. like constructed. There is yeah. it's planned. It's not organic. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it was. That's what that, that's why I, maybe maybe that's why people feel like um, artists like Scissor, like Fresh Air. You know, artists yeah. like yeah. you know. Semi, Adekunle Gold, Nonso Amadi, to yeah. all these, you know, they feel like they're like fresh because it seems like it's coming from a place of joy, not from a place yeah. of like we have to blow. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's really raw mm-hmm. and very organic. Yeah, I mean, you can feel it. Like if you listen to Sisa, if you listen to um, Odunsi, mm-hmm. like those type of cats, it's, it's different. Yeah. That's just, just to make the story short, it's very different. Very, yeah. And, and it shows you that you don't really have to follow a script. There's no one way to do things like you don't have to do the davido thing you don't have yeah. to do the whiskey because a lot of people are chasing that mm. and trust me yeah you can't beat those guys at yeah. that game mm. you yeah. get what i mean yeah. you can't forget it yeah. like just free there do you <laughs> do you and for someone like wiz wiz has been in the game for a while so it's not like it's not like yeah, he successful it's like, overnight you know what I'm saying? yeah it's been doing that same thing for a minute yeah so how do you expect um, to beat him at, at his own at game, it's like game. a yeah. it's like mm-hmm. a sensei level. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Now, um, quickly, I wanted to ask this. Um, when I forgot to ask Ni when I interviewed him, but yeah. what is the story behind the straight butter logo? Like, why do you have that palm as the logo? <laughs> so random. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know there's a story. There's actually a story to this, which I don't. I have no idea. But I think five. The palm is like. It could mean different. It could signify different things. You know, like five people. All right, five, then palm six. Okay. Ish. Five <laughs> fingers in the palm. Uh. And your face, you know, or it could be like waka. So either way, it's, it's like a 
FU to the industry uh. as well. So that type of, that's the mentality because, I mean, we tried to do the pop thing when we first started. Mm. Trust me, like, ah, uh, but it didn't work. I mean, like, why? Like, why can't we just do us? And a lot of people actually heard it. They might, a lot of people know the name. Like, when I got to the red carpet yesterday, you know, and um, I've met, I know so, uh, DJ Sose anyway. I mean, he said it himself. We're like, ah, oh, what's up, man? Checks over straight, but, uh, even asked after um, RQ was like, isn't Rotimi coming? I was like, you know Rotimi doesn't go anywhere. He's always busy. <laughs> Rotimi was at a shoot yesterday. I'm probably shooting a video right now. So, yes, I think that's the story. It's pretty much, hey, we're all up in your face. Okay. Just take it. Because <laughs> he's got five, if, five people, like a palm or waka. Yeah, he's an old man. Okay, all right, cool. Now, yeah. Okay. So now, what is your take on sampling? Because a lot of your past work, you know, involves samples. If I must say so, very creatively. Um, you've had stuff like Project Cancer, Project Cancer Two, Afro Jets Club, Dare You, The Pledge, Monkey See, Monkey Do, um, Fela Kuti and Ginger Baker Live. You have Son of Sade. All these different projects that you worked on. But times wow. have changed clearly with the yeah. need for clearances and licenses mm-hmm. and all those different things that you know we need to do from a legal perspective. Has that mm-hmm. changed how you sample, or has that even made you say, "I'm going to stare clear of sampling totally"? I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a concern for everyone because we always have issues with that. Um, I've had tracks taken down from SoundCloud mm. because of that issue, Clarence. but yeah. yeah, but I just feel as a hip hop producer, you can't do without hip hop. Is about sampling. Any producer that tells you otherwise is not a pop producer. I'm sorry. But there are ways where you can sample without, you know, very creative ways you can do it. Because most of this project, most of the projects you named, like the Afrojets, all this are tribute. I made it as like a homage, like a tribute, you know. The, 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 I think there's kind of like, I have a legal leeway in a way if I'm not making profit, I think. Although they can still come after me, no matter what. But I, I think we, I can always find a way to defend myself if I ever get to that bridge, that kind of thing. Your, well, I try, your argument yeah, is fair use. Fair use. <laughs> In a way, like, yo, I mean, we can split the profits if you want, but I'm not making profits. Yeah. I'm not even selling this because I didn't sell the fella thing. Yeah. It was like a collaboration and the Son of Shadow was a tribute. Yeah, which Shade. I think that's actually, they got love. They love mentions, you know, by artists like um, this producer, Amerigo, Amerigo Gazaway. So, that, that was really um, focal point of my career. That was like my, my magnum opus, yeah. pretty much. No, Dreamweaver is a jam. Like, I'm sure, you've yeah, heard, I'm sure yeah. you've heard that a lot. Dreamweaver is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I made that. Because I, I worked on um, Son of Shadow for like two years, I think. Yeah, almost. Yeah, almost two years. Almost two years. Cause why, the why idea did it take that long? Okay, go ahead. Because... Um, when I was working and I was working at a lounge in Montreal called um, uh, Piano Rouge, I was a live live sound guy and I was DJ. And sometimes, like during downtime or when we just opened up the the lounge, my boss was always playing the Shade tape, like always playing, like on the iPod. He just leaves it on and he plays it. So for like, I was always listening to this stuff because I never, I I didn't like sampling Shade at all. Trust me. For some weird reason. I was like, nah. It's been like, I feel a lot of people have used it as, as songs and stuff. So I tried to stay away from Shadi samples. But but when I listened to this tape, I was like, I found something new, you know, something different. I was like, yeah, like I should do something. And besides like my mom's Shadi. So that was like another connection. Your mom to is it. a gem. She's a gem already, you know. That, so I just... Awesome. You get me? Yeah. Yeah, okay, are you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> just have to you know, merge everything. So I tried to, I, I made it like a documentary, a beat tape, and a tribute mm. project. So it's like a fusion of everything. And I'm also working on another one, like an autobiography of um, Akim Olajuwon. Oh. I've been working on that for like four years now. I just need to find time to wrap it up. It's, it's actually done, but I just need to, set some things right for it to work out it's it, that's pretty long because i had to do a lot of research i had to do watch a lot of documentaries a lot of um, videos why, that's pretty intense why the choice hakim olajuwon as a subject matter uh, i think he's the only successful nigerian nba player 
it is actually the only successful. But the then greatest. I, but the Nigerian American, Nigerian American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, hey, come on, he's Nigerian. I mean, he grew up in Sierra I grew up in. I lived in Sierra Leone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I feel I have a connection to him. You know, like the Sierra thing. His family is Sierra too. I knew like his extended family ish, yeah. and I feel. It's actually one of the I like I watched the story and I I could feel something that was something that needs to be told like most people don't know something that needs to be told to the new generation of how great he was mm. as a player mm. and the successes he has with the team like the Houston Rockets so I think that's that's my next thing okay. I'm working on several projects but that one is pretty um, it's pretty personal for me so yeah. I I just take time out to get it right. Just still sticking with this point of how you try different things. Like when I told a friend I was trying, I was going to be interviewing you, and I played him some of your work. He's like, "Shadi, are you sure he's a Nigerian producer?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> uh, I'm like, "Yeah, he's Nigerian." You know, and he's like, he, "Your work doesn't sound like in a, not saying Nigerian producers have a particular sound. For the most part, they yeah. do. I feel like they do, but he just thought that your sound was very." original and fresh and very very creative in his own words so i wanted yeah. to find out do you get that a lot when people like hear your work that they say that you know your work sounds different from the average you know nigerian producer yeah um you know for a rap like hip-hop producer we i mean we need to know the distinction now nigerian producers don't really do hip-hop, hip-hop music yeah. do you get what i'm saying yeah. like they are a couple they yeah they do rap music whatever but like when i'm talking about hip-hop like hip-hop, sampling yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they don't really do that so i, I think that's what makes me different i feel makes me different like, i've heard that statement before i remember like a cousin she, i mean she played some of my stuff for our friends they were like uh it's a guy in oh the, the first thing they said was like oh i know he's not in nigeria when they heard this song <laughs> or the song i actually did a song with a zimbabwean rapper singer and he was rapping and he was singing. When they heard it, was like, oh, this is, it sounds like Kanye West-ish, you know. So mm. that's, I do get that. I do get that. But hey, it is what it is. I'm just doing me. You know, I obviously I have influences out there. I mean, I can't even front on the people that influenced me. Kanye West did influence me. But yeah. I think my top influence should, is still Pit Rock and DJ Premier, Night yeah. Wonder, Black Milk. Yeah, those were the guys. Yeah, because I, I, I do my research on you. I read that your musical influences range from Nas, Tupac, Camp yeah. Lowe, Cormega, Wu-Tang, Run DMC, MF Doom, Jay Dilla, Fela yeah. Kuti, Curtis Blow, Little Brother, Master Ace, Gangsta, Slick Rick, J- <laughs> you clearly <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, I, I did work with one of the guys from Little Brother. Oh, that was, that's cool. Yeah, I work with one of them. Um, I did a remix for Camp Low on the 20th anniversary. Yeah, oh, I read. Yeah, um, what else? I worked with Cannabis. Shout out to Cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, with Mode Nine too. Shout yeah. out to Mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a very that was another story for another day. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I want I want to be interested. One of your influences is also J Electronica. So I wanted to know, um, do you want him to release that long overdue album that his fans just seem to be covering? You know, right now, I, I I don't know what I want from J Electronica because it's come on, man. Like I'm getting old. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I remember when I listened to people used to clown. Actually, Mr. Ray clowned me because I've been, I've been hearing the name J Electronica. I was like, oh, who's this guy? I don't care about him. I made fun of me. They're like, yo, dude, you call yourself a rapper. You don't listen to J Electronica. That was when I was in London. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and I checked him out. I was like, wow. Like, and he came to, I remember he came to London that uh, during that period. This was like 2008, 2009-ish. Yeah, it wasn't. His first time in London, I was at the show. And it was amazing. That was like the most, I think like top, if I had like, if I could make a top four hip-hop shows I've ever attended, that would be one of it. Electronica, then Rakim. I saw Rakim in Montreal. Man, wow! (laughs) That's like I say, wow. (laughs) Rakim. I don't even know what that must feel like to see people that you look up to and you actually get to see them. You know, that's that's where you're starstruck. I and now like I don't like going to a concert and be recording every time. For but for Rakim, I don't think I recorded because I just wanted to watch. I just wanted to like really enjoy the show. 
those are the type of concerts I, I like going to. I don't want to be recording, like, take out my phones and just... I, I want to feel it. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. I just want to feel... It was the same to two. Like, Campolo came to Montreal and I went to the show and I felt... Like, these are people I used to watch on MTV when I was 14. Mm. Just seeing them live right in front of you. That's... that's, that's Major, yeah, I- I can't even imagine. What is your take on the on the criticisms of sounds that are being created both in Nigeria music and in popular rap music that it, it sounds the same, it's uninspiring? What 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 do you have to say about that? Oh, um, all, all I can say, I can't really, I I really don't like knocking other people's also. You know, everyone's trying to pay their bills, and I just feel that's the way they should do it because most of this thing, it's more of a template type thing. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just get a template and everyone just wants to reproduce the same old thing just to pay the bills, make a quick buck of what have you. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, do you, man. But that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> that's like I say. That's not me. I can't I can't really speak for them. I, hey, do you. But I know, like, I do read. As a, as a hip-hop head, I feel one of the things we, we, we always need to emphasize is knowledge. Do your research. Know more about this culture. And more, because I notice a lot of these rappers, new age rappers, don't really know much yeah, about. Yeah. They don't do your research. At times, I still go back and watch documentaries on hip hop. You yeah. know, I still watch. Like a few days ago, I I stumbled on. Um, I checked. I had this old um, hard drive, and I found like some movies. Um, Beat Street, Style Wars, uh, Wild Style, Breaking, like all those stuff. Influential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Just to refresh my memory yeah. and stuff. So that's the type of stuff I like doing. I like research. Sometimes I like going back just to research on how things were. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it gives you a fresh perspective and shows you how far hip hop has come. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and this is like totally, totally like um, it goes back to sampling in a way. So on one of your yeah. records, um, Dare You. You have a sample of um this artist, Weldon Irvin. The song yeah. is called Morning Sunrise, right? Morning Sunrise, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so I feel like it's, a, it's an awesome record, and I went to what I went to watch um listen to the song again on YouTube, and as I was reading through, because a lot of times I like to read through comments on YouTube, because it yeah. either shows that people in the world have mental issues uh, clearly, or yeah. or they're just haters, or yeah. they actually like um the the artist rather. But one of the comments in particular, um, and I quote, said that the reason why songs like World and uh, Irvin aren't being written anymore is because cats won't and can't learn to play instruments not a lack of talent the only thing preserving the ever dwindling true songwriting talent of the current and upcoming generation of musicians are the churches and real old school church musical directors are an endangered species unless mm. we start putting bass guitars horns electric pianos and real drums back in the hands of kids all we'll have are the old hits music like this won't get written anymore mm. so it goes back to what you said about people like not knowing about the culture of hip-hop a lot of people don't really yeah. want to learn so i wanted to find out do you agree with that comment that you know a lot of artists um or even producers don't want yeah. to learn how to play an instrument again there are producers mm-hmm. who say that you don't have to learn how to play an instrument it's not it's not necessary yeah. but i want to just get your take on it what i would say is is very much right <sighs> and is very much wrong mm. i mean there are producers that play instruments that make this type of music thundercat black milk incorporates live music into his work Night Wonder too incorporates um, live music into. His, I mean, Timberland plays yeah, the keys. Right. Yeah. Um, Scott Scorch. Yeah, Scott Storch. Yeah, he plays piano. I mean, I can I can go on. I I, I myself had to learn the piano. I took uh, music theory to get what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's right and it's wrong. I mean, for him to just generalize and say that's the it's kind of like you know yeah. I'm like, I mean, he's entitled to his own opinion. Yeah, I don't know. But sure. he's right. He's de- definitely right. Because there are producers out there. They just rely on 808s and, you know, just a few, you know, all these bells and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, Night Wonder used to say, Tinky Beats. It's going Tinky Beats. Because <laughs> we, we, we had this producer forum in um, Toronto where the one, I don't know if you ever heard of Wonder Girl. No, I haven't. Wonder Girl, she's a Nigerian based. She, yeah, she's Nigerian anyway, but she's Canadian. What's her name? Olufumi or Olufunke? I can't remember. 
she won that big battle in 2013, was it? Or 12? Well, I think it was 2012. Yeah, well, I think it was either 2012, 2014. And she, she produced for, um, she produced MJ, uh, Jay-Z, this song. Uh, oh, Crown. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know the chick. Oh, yeah. Isn't she, like, very yeah, young, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, we, yeah we did the same big battle. Oh. I, I, I lost to this guy, this uh, one of my friends, what's his name? I forget his name. He's a Toronto MC, um, producer. Um, but it was a cool, I mean, great experience, you know. But yeah, she won that particular one and hey, she's doing that thing. Yeah. I once heard The Dream, you know The Dream, the producer, right? Yeah. She yeah. talked about the importance of having dissident sounds when you create music, that it's extremely mm. important. Sure. Do, you, do you agree with that and why? Is yeah, I totally agree with that. Because it's all about emotions, mm. if, you, if you get what I mean. Even like when, when you sample, when you're sampling, there's a type of emotion you're trying to bring you. Because sometimes I listen to samples, I'll be like, okay, I need to get this. Yeah, I mean, it's all about emotions, trying to drive. There's something you're trying to get from the listener, you get me? The, the, those dissident sounds, they bring it out mm. pretty much, you know. Like sometimes when you try to mix the the white keys and the black keys, it makes it more rich. Mm. Do you get what I mean? As opposed to just using the white keys. White keys, hey, everyone is happy, (laughs) pretty much. But like when you add the black keys into it, it's like, oh, okay. It's like wow. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like and always try to get that, you know, resolution, tension, tension. Give them the tension, resolve it. Yeah. Give them the tension, resolve it. You know that. There has to be that change in everything. Like that's that change. It's all about flux, man. Yeah. And also, like back to when you talk, you, talk, you talked about like when you sample. I wanted to know when you when you choose to sample. What exactly are you looking for when you say I want to sample a record? Is it the kicks? Is it the drums? Is it the guitars? How do you go about digging through wow. the crates as a producer? Um. Well, that's it. You need to break it up. Uh. Some some songs are. How do I call it? How do, uh, groove driven. Yeah, groove driven. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, I guess you might want to get the drums from that, and some some samples that are more you know um, instrumental type stuff like uh, keys, yeah. bass, um, trumpets. It's possible. I mean, you might want to tap into that that aspect. But for me, uh, for the most part, you try to look. I try to look for the sweet spot. There's always that that sweet spot in the sample when you, when you play, and once you loop it, once you get that that perfect loop you can tell what you need after because it, it goes back to the same thing of tension resolution yeah because mm-hmm. yeah. once you had the first one you'd be like okay this needs to go this way to resolve it or to create more tension so now i i, I try to do it in parts in different parts it's like okay for example the dream weaver the part where the um as a part where those um like the drum change there's like a dubstep part okay that I was intentional. Okay. Yeah, it was sort of the, yeah, where the drums go hard. That was like intentional just to give it a change mm. in pace. Yeah. Because it's, it's all about pacing. Because, I mean, you, you hear the horns for a while. You hear the sax, whatever. But then there has to be a change. Yeah. Just to give it, uh, to make it more dynamic. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Like when you're sampling, you need to be dynamic as opposed to just chopping one loop and just looping it all over. I mean, you can do it. There are um, songs where they only use one loop. But it has to be a perfect loop that never gets boring. I, a perfect example is the gangster mass appeal. Mass appeal is just one loop from beginning to end. But it never gets boring mm-hmm. for some weird reason. And it's not all songs that are like that. It's hard, actually, because that was a sweet spot. DJ Premier found a sweet spot and mm-hmm. he put it together so i mean there are people i'm not going to say he's lucky he was just the first to do it (laughs) do you get what i'm saying was the first i was able to get it a lot of people might have listened to the record and not be able to hear it because it's very because if you listen to the real record it's it's like you won't even hear it it's like it just goes and he got it and he looped it so you know it's there's really no standard you need to feel it pretty much finding that sweet spot Okay. Yeah, it's fine as a response. Very cool, very cool. Now, for people who might be considering sound engineering as a career, can you quickly speak on the difference, you know, because I, I, a lot of times I, I hear and I watch people talk about analog and digital when it comes to EQing mm. and compressing a record. 
So just for people that, you know, maybe considering sound engineering and they're like, okay, what the hell is EQing? What the hell is compression? Can you just give them like <laughs> a, a, what's it called now? What's what I call it? Um, a, a refresher or what? You. Or like yeah, a, a summary. Basic, a, exactly. A summary of, you know, what the importance of EQing wow. and compressing a record. Ah, uh, Wow. Where do I start? I mean... Compression is just gluing everything together. It's more volume, pretty much. Like that's the summary of compression. There's no, it's not, it's not magic. It's more volume because songs have to be dynamic and they have to be on the same left plane. Do you get? I mean, yeah, of course. Sometimes when the vocals come in on the beat, it gets louder, but they are, they, they have to be dynamic level. That's where compression, compression comes in. You know, it makes it balanced pretty much. And EQ is just for other um, coloring, just to color the record and what else. Everything else is just extra, like the when, reverb. When you, when, you say, when you say coloring, what what exactly is that for people? Like what is? It's like the way you talk, the way you talk, the way you're talking right now. Like uh-huh. your your texture. That's the texture of your voice. Yeah. EQ helps to helps to make it either brighter or more bassy, soothing or harsh. You know that's. The work of the EQ. Uh, There's so many things that goes that like like that go into these old things. But no, I can't no, really yeah. talk. Of course, no, 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 yeah. It's just again, like I said, obviously I can't ask you that within the span of an hour. Clearly, we're not, you know, yeah. <laughs> engineering school. <laughs> but just for people that you know maybe listen and you know have an interest in sound engineering, it would just be nice once in a while. I try to ask people who are specialists in that field just to you know give like one or two yeah. points about what they do and people what people may want to know more yeah. about you know that. Yeah, because there are different yeah. aspects as well you know there's a recording engineering there's live sound engineering um people that do broadcast so uh, different aspects of it but most of it is still the same basic principle pretty much so cool 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 now quickly let's talk about your production company straight butter productions and yes. the artists you work with so you work with maka and flow yes and and for those who may have missed it you know um Texilla talked about the artists he has worked with from around the globe but he's most notably in nigeria he's worked with mode nine boogie millie eva can or can I was not nigeria so okay now yes. i wanted to know what is it about maka and flow that made you say that you wanted to work with them uh. Um, besides being talented, I, I guess they are very, they are very much easy to work with, to say the truth. I, I really don't like stress in my life, first and foremost. And it's hard working with females. I'm not trying to be sexy, but to be honest, like females in the industry, do you know, you know how it is, like the way the industry is, is more of a boys thing. Mm-hmm. So when the female gets involved, you know, a lot of things could get involved, which I always try to like sort out from the beginning, like, yo, this is purely music, yeah. nothing okay, else. More. Do you yeah. get one? Nothing more. So uh, we have a good relationship, pretty much. Like we are actually very good friends, all of us. That's how it works. Before I start working with you, if I can't be friends with you, I'm sorry. It, it's not going to work. And um, Maka, I've known Maka for years now. Uh, I met her in 2010 when I was in Nigeria briefly. Then I didn't start working with her until 2014. <laughs> Actually, the very first thing we did was um, on our EP, FMH. That was the first song we did, 2014. That was like four years after. Yeah. I met Flo after... Like uh, around the same, t- like 2014-ish, I was at a show and um, I was DJing. Then um, a friend of ours, like a mutual friend, asked me if she could perform. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, she could perform, do her thing. Because she came, I thought she was a singer. And she, she wore a dress as if she was going for prom. <laughs> and she grabbed the mic. And she started rapping. And people lost their minds. <laughs> and I was like... Okay, I need to work with this girl. You know, that's how I, I linked up with Flo, and I just brought her to the studio, and we we started recording, and from there, you know, we started making more records, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Flo. Got no time for playing. We stay on the grind. I'm like, point me where the nearest stop is. Call me if you talking big Make money, make money, money, money Stop me on my way and ask me where I'm headed I've been coming at it like 
got started from the basement Escalator flow, now winning is my state of placement Checks on the checklist, checks on my checklist VIP, they ain't on the guest list Lot of noise, I don't hear who gets it Selective hearing, man, I came to get this Looking, mind am I real in my book Keep it a hundred, it's vital Micro, straight to oil Got no time for playing, we stay on the grind I'm like, point me where the never stop it Call me if you talking Make money, make money, money, money Stop me on my way and ask me where I'm headed Feel like a rocket lately I'm taking off like I don't plan to land My first is about to catch a body called the ambulance like that means I'm killed the shit over I'm topping it up like I'm on a new level I'm ready, I'm climbing, I'm one of them two up They thought I would lose it, but I never settle I'm fine I feel like a lot of times I always hear producers and I always talk to producers I don't know why Why do people feel like I mean, I get that it's, it's human nature Like you want people to prove that they are really passionate About what it is they want to do Like you talked about um, Maka I mean, she's your yeah. friend But a lot of producers, I always when I talk to them They always say they want an artist who wants to work with them Who's, I guess, up and coming to prove that they actually want it as bad as they do that makes any sense like you, you, true, don't, you, you wouldn't just say yeah. oh, i'm going to work with you so hey go ahead yeah true i mean because we are dedicating our life our time for yeah. this i can't waste my time in the studio just to come out with nothing it doesn't make any sense if you get what i mean yeah i mean you can pay for studio time but my time is precious anyway and time is money that I could use i could use to do other more lucrative stuff as opposed to wasting my time with an artist that's not serious you know so that's mm-hmm. why i always put they, they need to go to through boot camp mm-hmm. everyone is i <laughs> did i went boot camp to prove myself so everyone you need to show you are passionate about this thing yeah or else you're wasting everybody's that's time yeah that's, that's pretty much yeah there's no you don't need to say much about it like just show you you want this thing as bad as you do because at the end of the day if they make it they get more money that's the truth they get more money than us mm. and they are in the you know in the forefront so they need to take that extra step because i'm already taking a risk by just working with people that that might not be as um passionate about it as i am yeah. so but they, they don't have to make i mean get yeah, clearly they make more money than you but i feel like nowadays producers are becoming more aware about the importance of publishing and ensuring that their yeah, contracts yeah. are right so you know yeah publishing licensing license, exactly you know. And all those other stuff. Now, why should music lovers, people who like good Nigerian music, why should they keep their eyes and ears out for what Maka and Flo have to offer? But what do you think makes them special? And what can, what are they offering that makes them unique for the average Nigerian music lover to say, oh, mm. I should I should listen to what they have to say? Um, um, let me just try and take this. I don't want to sound um, too cocky. But <laughs> Flo right now, can out-rap 95% of the female rappers in Nigeria. I'm sorry. I can only count like two female rappers that can scare me or that can make me think, uh, or rather make me, you know, take a step back. Mm. If they step to flow, I can count like two or three, but trust me, flow can out-rap these girls. End of story. And she has a lot of, she, she's versatile too, mm. you know. She can do the commercial stuff too. Although, like, we're we not really, really getting into the commercial stuff now. We can do, we have a few, but not so super commercial because I, I really want her to stand out from mm. the rest. Because most of the female rappers in Nigeria end up being singers or they end up not even rapping anymore. Yeah. So that's my aim. I mean, she's, she's, she's been getting a lot of love outside, even here as well. Yeah, I mean, she definitely. was on Source, yeah. she was on um, Elle magazine, France. She was on. Um, Big magazines, um, what's this one called? Ah, I forget. But, I mean, she's been out there. She's Definitely, been yeah. Pretty Definitely. much. Yeah, and Mac, Mac is saying, I mean, she's an alternative. She brings alternative vibe. She's soulful. She's hip-hop as well, because she mixes hip-hop mm-hmm. sounds into her music. And she, she you know, a voice, a voice, though, like, she can sing. <laughs> yeah, Mac can as, sing. That's what I was saying. yeah. So, do you get me? She can't. No sing, sang, <laughs> So, and it's easy working with her because she, she already knows what she wants. You know, like, she has a sound. Mm. If something is not working, she says, yo, tech, this thing is not working. 
let's stop this thing. <laughs> let's do something else. Which is, I mean, that's confidence. You all need to have confidence. Even Flo, she's like that too. I mean, we can work on a track and at the end of the day, it's not working and we just need to scrap it and go back to square one. You know, there are no yes men people. Mm. There's no yes men here. Everybody knows you have to be of a certain standard to be out there. every time someone tells me that. Like, <laughs> so I'll be a rich man. I'll take everyone. <laughs> okay. Now, um, my first question is, if you had to pick one, okay? Yeah. Thin, yeah. Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe, The Lion and the Jewel by Wale Shoyinka, or Chimamanda Adichie's Half of a Yellow Sun. Which one would you pick? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why are you chuckling? Uh... I think I'll, I'll, for now, I'll, I'll go with Chimamanda. Oh, why? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, support the women, you know. Aside from that. Yeah, I mean, they, they already, I mean, I've read all books. Mm-hmm. All, yeah, all three books. And um, I mean, they're cool. Everyone, every, I'm like, those are classics anyway. Those, yeah. those are classics. But I mean, I'll go with Half of the Yellow Sun. Okay. It was pretty engaging yeah, it was. when I read it. I don't like the movie. The movie was crap. But the book, <laughs> solid. Yeah, I said it. No, no, it's not. But it's not just you. I'm just, hey, chuckling. You know, I'm just like, hey, yeah. This is true. But yeah, I feel like, you know, my, 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 my issue with that tech is that, see, uh, I feel like with people who like books, when you try and make it into a movie, it's hard to please people. Same with Game of yeah, Thrones. People who true, watch Game true. of Thrones, they always complain, like, oh, this is not what the book says. I'm like, it's a movie or it's a TV show or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, it's hard to take all the, there's so many elements. intricate yeah, details. elements. It's, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Now, your favorite Japanese dish, because I, like I mentioned in the intro, which I didn't even really get to, like you're into martial arts, right? Yes. Okay, so I do. Talk, talk about that quickly before I get to your favorite Japanese dish. I did karate when I was a kid. Um, some, then I did wushu kwan. It's like a mixture of wushu and taekwondo. Oh. Um, yeah, pretty much that's it. My brother does more. He's uh, more, like, he like more stuff than I am. Okay. Uh, but, but I, I do, I, okay. I do, I do from time to time. Then I do a lot of um, running. <laughs> okay, so clearly yeah, you're like a, a semi martial artist. Clearly, I was expecting, yeah, I yeah, was expecting pre- to say that. You know, yeah, um, I was. Go ahead. Because of my travel, like traveling and everything, so I, I couldn't really yeah get into it. Well, yeah, get into you fully. But mm. I do, yeah, I do know, I do know my stuff. Cool. Just in case anybody 
trying. I do know. <laughs> yeah. I I also I also took taekwondo in, in in primary school, but that that's the end of it. My my, my father bribed me with fine yogo and um puff puff and wow. said, "Please stop doing it." I was like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> so yeah. clearly, I'm yeah. I mean, I suck at this. What was the other question? Favorite Japanese Favorite, dish. Not sushi, definitely. I can't remember. Okay, that's fine. Canada, London, or Nigeria? Pick Canada. one. Canada. Hey, yes. I'm being real, man. That's <laughs> where, that's that's where it is. Oh, mm-hmm. I tell you, it's very calm there. Yeah. Very very calm. That's definitely where I want to live. Mm. At the end of the at day. The end of, okay. Cool. London is like Lagos, to be honest. I don't know why you picked London and Lagos. Lagos London is pretty much Lagos extension. But you I can throw you in London and you're going to land on your cousin's house or something. I'm <laughs> sure you have cousins there. I do. But notice that I did say Nigeria, not Lagos. So Nigeria could be Abuja, it could be Port Harcourt, it could be Oweri, you know. If, if I could live anywhere else besides Lagos, it could most likely be Zaria then. Oh, why? Yes, I chilled. I mm. lived there for a bit. That's yeah, nice. so Zara is pretty chill. Yeah. Okay, so Zara. All right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really a fan of ABJ. So yeah. Uh-huh. No. Sorry. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Why? Kilo, kilo, call me. I don't live there. <laughs> no, no. Why is it sorry to all everyone oh, else? Okay. Like, hey, don't sorry. Worry. They'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now, um, since that like, you did That's the audio, very fine. they'll be very fine. Yeah, clearly. Since you did the audio project with Fella and Ginger Baker, I wanted to find out if Fella was still alive. And he said, "Tech, I want you to pick two artists out of the four that he should collaborate with. Who would you pick?" <laughs> the options are Haruna Ishola. Neka, yeah, yeah. Two Face, or yeah. Onyeka Owenu? <laughs> wow, this is a tough one though. But Fela and Aruno Ishola though, that would be a classic. Because that's like two different things entirely, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all like different things, but that's like two extremes. Wow. Wow, I, look, I'm, I'm weird like that. I'll go with Aruno Ishola. Who's the second person? Second person. Okay. Um, what, we, what do we have? We have Onyeka, Two Face, and Two Face, yeah. Neka, yeah, oh. I think yeah, I'll go with Neka. I'm weird. She's she's not all right. <laughs> Neka, when I say all right, in a good way. Yeah, you no, get no, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, her. I'm sure like that. Cool. Yeah. All right, great. Oh, yeah, can't two face are pretty safe. That's safe. <laughs> They're safe. That's safe so. Okay. Yeah. Now, at your core, what is your first love? Because you do production, you write, you are a sound engineer, you DJ, you rap. Production. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, production. cool. All right, cool. Gonna keep it moving. So finally, your interests range from Japanese animation, black culture, women, science, fiction, martial arts, which is like halfway because I can't really put you in martial arts. But anywho, wow. Tra- <laughs> I'm built. Okay. Chinese. I cult. got belt. You got belt. All right, whatever. Probably like white belt, not even black belt. Okay. <laughs> Chinese culture, video games, movies, fiction, and graphic novels. But if you had to pick one. For the rest of your life, one interest, which interest would it be forever? It's like to be martial arts now. So that you can finally become perfect, have you? So yeah. No, I mean, it's just, I, I, I always try to keep healthy. That's mm, the thing. I, okay. I always try to stay fit. Because okay. I need to stay fit so I'll be able to make good music. That's true. Makes sense. Huh? Yeah, it, makes, it doesn't make sense. Look at you, make okay. wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Can you tell us what to expect from you and Straight Butter Productions before the end of 2017? Um, Good music, new videos. Maybe an award or two, hey. and me going to Ibiza and coming back. I beg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since you brought that up yeah. again, again, and go ahead. I, I, yeah, you know, you just have to sell yourself. Hey, what can hey, I say? I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, but for people who would like to stay up to date on what you're doing and secretly hate on you as you share <laughs> with us your time in Ibiza in September, can you give them your social media handles? Um, Techzilla1008, that's T-E-C-K-Z-I-L-L-A-1-0-8, that's on Twitter and Facebook, no, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Instagram. yeah, everything else is Techzilla, T-E-C-K-Z-I-L-L-A, just Google me, I always say this, just Google, Google me, me, you'll find Google me. me, baby, Google me, baby, they'll yeah, find you, Google right? Yeah, Google me, they'll find, right. find me, <laughs> alright, cool, I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm easy to find, I'm everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Like, like, what, what's that? There's, I'm there's, like, there's a... uh, 
there's there's a there's a there's a joke about that. I'm everywhere like something. I can't remember what it is. I'm everywhere like um, the cloud. It's not like MC, <laughs> it's not like it's not like MTN or I've heard that. No, nah, MTN is not in the UK. Okay, well I mean you can roam your phone anywhere now, but it's gonna cost you money. So no, yeah, yeah. yeah so cloud, I, cloud is cheap. Cloud is cloud cheap. is okay. everywhere. So you're everywhere like cloud. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Texella. Thank you Bye. so much for coming on the pod. Enjoy Ibiza, whatever. I hope yeah. you <laughs> I hope you have a great time. That is the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can catch up with me at Shade Nonconform. I will be back in two weeks with another special guest. Have a great week. Bye. The SNC podcast is produced by Shade Anousier and Tommy Wapawumi. To ensure you don't miss subsequent episodes, you can follow the show on its various social media handles at the SNC Podcast. So that's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And that name is universal across Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, and Mixcloud. Alternatively, you can follow me on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Till next week, cheers. <laughs>